Relationships are tricky. Whether you're considering forging a friendship or maybe something more romantic or even bringing on a new employee, there's always a trial stage where you're getting to know each other. You want to know if you should invest in this relationship, if you can trust this person or if they will ultimately let you down. So we talk, we go on dates, we hold interviews, all in an effort to discover someone's character to help us decide if we want to pursue something more. In a similar way, we're all searching for the character of God to determine if we can put our faith in Jesus and make that relationship our first priority. Today on the Disciple Science Podcast, we'll talk about where we can look for the character of God and what role science might play in that process. Welcome to the Disciple Science Podcast. I'm Dale Gentry, and thanks for being here today. For those of you that have been listening, I hope you've enjoyed the past six weeks talking about the relationship between science and faith. We've kind of left it at a messy stage, and I just want to let you know that we do have a video in production talking about how to actually improve that relationship and try and fix things. But we're going to put that on the back burner for a little bit as we uh, broach a new topic, a new subject uh, on a video that's going to be coming out with just a matter of weeks here. And so we're going to start uh, five or six or seven podcast episodes in which we talk about how to discern the characteristics of God and what role a creation might play in that process. I just want to start by making a plain statement that I believe in God. And if I'm honest, I'm open to being wrong. I'm on a genuine search for truth. And so I don't say that dogmatically. And there have been times in my life when I believe it stronger than others. But uh, my faith of my youth has been unpacked. I've put it back together. And I'm I'm utterly convinced that God is real. And so because of that, I feel like I have to make a decision about what I do in response to that, that commitment, that faith that I believe in God. And I want to make an informed decision about whether I should follow God and put all my faith and my trust in God or whether I should um, ignore God, as I think some people have, have made a decision to do. This process for me, and I think for many people, is is one that requires some some thought and some contemplation. And I, I say this in contrast to what we see in some people's lives and what we actually see in Scripture. For example, in Matthew chapter 4, we read an account of how Jesus comes across the, the people that would be his first disciples, and he just says, follow me. And uh, what we see in this text is it appears that they just drop everything and do just that. They, they follow Jesus. And we're not given much more detail, but uh, certainly given the impression that there was something about Jesus that didn't lead them to ask questions about what, why should I follow you or, or who are you or what's going on here. They were just magnetically attracted to Jesus and had an overwhelming sense that this was someone that they should follow. And there are people in my life that seem to have a similar walk of faith. They, they, they put their trust and faith in Jesus, and they don't question it. Maybe they do, but they, they don't appear to. They're not in search of, uh, they're not using apologetics to try and make sense out of Scripture or, or, or the Bible. They're just 
follow Jesus with all that they are. And I think that's wonderful. But I also want to acknowledge that there are others of us, and I probably fall more in this um, in this group, that are a little bit more cautious and a little bit more contemplative. And I think maybe this is a fault in some ways, but I, I also don't think that all of us should go blindly into this. I don't think any of us are called to have a blind face. So those of us that are wired for evidence, we, we're wanting to say, all right, if there is a God, what's what's God like? And who, who is God? What What's the character of God? And does, does God love me? And does God love everyone and everything or just certain things? And you know, is, is God a sports fan? And does God like tacos? Or we, we just want to know who God is. And ultimately, we want to know, what does God think about all the injustice and evil that we encounter in this world? And is God going to do anything about it? These are really fundamental questions. And so as we wrestle with these sorts of things, we might wonder, where can we go to find answers to, to these issues, to these questions? And there's this old idea in the church that uh, I've found is foreign to many um, modern Christians, especially in the Western church. And interestingly, this is uh, much more comfortable a topic in the Eastern Orthodox faith, and, and that's probably a discussion for another day. But uh, the idea is that God is revealed to us in two ways, or as the metaphor goes, in two books, that there is the book of uh, scripture that we call the Bible uh, that God has revealed us to, and that's probably familiar to most Christians, but also that God has revealed to us through the book of creation or the, or the book of nature, and that God has revealed to us also through what has God has created. And it seems that the, the modern Western church is not very comfortable with that idea of finding God in creation. Now, it could be that some of your churches are fully uh, immersed in this idea, and maybe they have a wonderful curriculum about spending time contemplating God and nature. But in my experience, those churches would be the exception and not the norm. And I say that from my own life of church hopping, but also from my 10 years of teaching in this uh, conservative Christian university. And most of my students come from uh, very uh, strict religious backgrounds. They've been raised in the church. It's one of their highest priority. Many of them are, are homeschooled. And when I talk about this topic of the two books of Revelation, they give me blank stares. And many of them say, I, I've never heard that idea. There's only one word of God. What in the world are you talking about? Uh, I've even encountered some, nobody's ever questioned me this in, in public in class, but uh, in email saying, this is a little bit heretical, like this is crazy, what are you talking about? So uh, I, I want to dig into this a little bit and, and see if we can make sense out of this old idea and why it's foreign and if it's something that we should bring back in, into our walk of faith. So let's first talk about scripture and why why people um, sort of default to that. And I think that, and what I want to emphasize here is that in no way am I trying to dismiss scripture as a revelation of God. I I, I really uh, have a very high view of the Bible. I try and read it every day. I I talk about it with my with my friends. My wife and I uh, discuss whatever we've been reading almost every night. 
And I find that this piece of ancient literature that was written to an ancient culture is still meaningful to me today. And as I read an account of the story of the Israelites and the people that uh, first saw Jesus and the early Christian church, my life seems to fit right in with all of those stories. I resonate with the Israelites that sought to live up to uh, God's standards and just failed over and over and and clearly were in need of a Messiah. And I, and I uh, resonate with a story of, of, of Peter who was, uh, you know, striving to be a leader of the church and yet failing at, at every opportunity. And, and so the scripture is, is powerful and it is a revelation and I um, find more use of it every single day. And so I don't want to dismiss scripture, but what I do want to explore is the idea that there are, there's even more out there and there's even more that can be revealed and that I believe that our Christian faith can be strengthened and enhanced even more by encountering God through creation. Because most Christians typically stop at scripture, it's comfortable, it's it's not simple, but it's explicit, right? We've got we've got words, and words have definitions, and we've got Bible scholars that help us uh, pull it apart and put it back together with within these defined uh, set of books that we can study and discuss and get some sense of, for who God is. And it seems that we're much less comfortable with encountering God through. Uh, through creation, through nature. And so let's talk about that idea, where it comes from, and uh, a little bit today and, and more in the, in the weeks to come about why some people are uncomfortable with this and what we can do to perhaps get through that. So uh, the idea that God's been revealed through creation or through nature is rooted actually in two areas. One is in uh, philosophy and logic, and other is actually in words from the other book of uh, Revelation scripture. So the idea from logic is just that if we do believe in the God that's depicted in scripture, who is the creator and the sustainer of everything, of, of the universe, of everything material that we've ever encountered, then it's not crazy to think that that creator would be revealed through what he has created. And we hold to this same idea when we encounter uh, other things that we are creating, right? If we think about artists, they are revealing some of who they are and the emotions that they're feeling in the works that they produce. You know, music is a reflection of the composer of that music. It makes me think about the Beatles, whose music was reflective of their circumstances and their lives and their relationships. And they started off as young men who were kind of happy-go-lucky and just wanted to talk about love and holding your hand and the simple things in life. And then uh, as they aged and they encountered different ideas and different religions and different mind-altering substances, 
the the contents of their music changed right and so their their music was a reflection of the experiences that they were having in life and that's true for uh for visual artists as well painters and filmmakers uh, are often revealed through what they've produced and we can talk about the different seasons of their life and what type of of art they were producing and so the same idea that artists are revealed in what they produce um, goes to show that if there is a God that's responsible for the creation of the universe, then we can deduce that the universe that he created or that universe that God created uh, will hold some evidence about the, the character of that being, of that deity, and that we can dig into nature as a revelation then of the creator. So uh, the idea of God being revealed through what he has created is out there, and it turns out that it's supported by scripture, by the other book of Revelation. It's in a few different passages, and I just want to read through them for you. They're, they're, they will be familiar to those of you that are uh, regularly engaging in this dialogue between science and faith, but for others might have, have overlooked these, as I certainly did for the first decades of my life as a Christian. In Psalm uh, 19, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. What beautiful poetic language that gives us a sense of how the heavens and creation is a revelation of who God is. It says they pour forth speech and reveal knowledge, but do so without speech or words. So this idea that we can go into creation and see the glory of God. So we have this uh, poetic Old Testament account revealing this idea that we can search for God in creation. And we see a similar idea in the first chapter of Romans. Uh, here, Paul is talking about, actually starts with uh, the wrath of God and God's frustration with those um, that, as it says, uh, are, are, are wicked and godless. Let me just read it for you. Uh, Romans, uh, I'll start with verse 18. It says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Why? Here we find out. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. So people are without excuse. So here we see Paul saying that what can be known about God is plain, is clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. And so in these simple, short sections uh, in the Old Testament and New Testament, we have the foundations for this idea that we can find God through creation. And this idea then has manifested itself in many different ways and many different people. And this, uh, the metaphor of two books of Revelation is over a thousand years old. The first account that I could find um, comes from Hugh of St. Victor, who was sort of a, a Christian theologian and Christian mystic. 
And he said the whole visible world as a book was written by the finger of God. And so this idea of the world as a book. Uh, and uh, John Calvin talked about creation as a, as a mirror, as a reflection of God. And uh, in the Belgic Confession, which was written in the 16th century, we see the, uh, or the, the metaphor of two books of Revelation. And Francis Bacon, the scientist, talked about two books of Revelation. And really on and on, we see this ancient idea. And I want to emphasize the history because... Occasionally, we will encounter people who say that this searching for the character of God in creation is a modern idea that's a product of New Age thinking, and that we should look for God only in Scripture. But I, I, I want to push back against that. And, and really, we can just say that that's factually incorrect, because we can see that a thousand years back, people were thinking of creation as a revelation of God. You know, if it isn't obvious, this topic is just so important to the concept of what we're trying to do at Disciple Science because we exist to explore the intersection of science and faith. And certainly we want to address some of the, the conflicts between science and faith and try and help people understand how those aren't genuine conflicts uh, and how and see the areas in which both scientists and Christians have sometimes created those conflicts from misunderstandings of science and theology, or misapplication of science and theology. But even more than that, more than just addressing the controversies, I really want to talk about what role science can play as a spiritual discipline. Can, can the study of nature and an immersion in the natural world potentially reveal new insights about God? Can the contemplation of, of birds or astronomy or geology or whatever field of science you're, you're interested in, paired with prayer and spending time in scripture and, and existing in Christian community, can these things collectively produce a strengthened Christian faith? I'm convinced that it can, more so than, than ever before. I, uh, and, and I'm not the only person who thinks this. There's an entire field called natural theology, which is asking, what can we know of God? And we're, what we're going to find in the weeks to come is that, that there are some people that are very uncomfortable with this. And I understand that. And we'll talk about that and try and talk about why I think their fears, while valid fears, and sometimes based on history, are not reasons that we should just dismiss the field of natural theology and ignore any potential to unearth something new that we can discover from um, digging into God's creation. And so I want to uh, join uh, a push from many noteworthy uh, Christian theologians and scientists that are now calling for a renewed vision of an authentic Christian natural theology where we search for the character of God in God's creation. So as we all continue to pursue God and seek the character of God, in part so that we can discern those characteristics and decide for ourselves if we want to pursue God, I want to do so both in God's word and in God's works, in creation. 
there are certainly, I'm sure, many questions that will pop up. Is there a method to how this should be done? Do you need to be a scientist to be a good at it? Do you need to be a theologian to be good at it? Is there a way of doing it wrong? Why haven't I heard this idea for, from some of you that for whom it might be new? All of this uh, we'll try and uh, visit and discuss and unpack and put back together. But first, we need to uh, just sit with this idea that we can uh, encounter God through creation. And we'll talk more about this in the weeks to come. Thanks for listening to the Disciple Science Podcast. Disciple Science is a crowdfunded nonprofit organization that's exploring the intersection of faith and science. We believe that scientific understandings can produce natural theology that can inspire a strengthened Christian faith. We're hard at work on more videos and podcasts and resources that will help you see a vision for how the study of nature can be a valuable contribution to your walk with Jesus. We want to make all these resources completely free in hopes that they'll help people like you who want to understand how science fits together with a meaningful walk of faith. You can support the artists that are making these videos right now by contributing financially to Disciple Science via the support button at the DiscipleScience.com website. Now, none of these funds go into my pocket. They're all used to pay the animators who are working to make these videos happen. At the website, you can also explore the rest of our resources, sign up for our newsletter, and send us feedback about what you want to hear more about in the future. You can also help us by rating and sharing our videos and podcasts and telling your friends about these resources. I want to thank Caleb Davis for producing this episode and for composing our theme music. I'm Dale. Thanks for listening. And let's go find God in what we know.